episode eight of the Ball Games to Boardrooms podcast. Regardless of the season, you never look bad making somebody else look good. A conversation with PGA Tour caddy Matthew Glenn Olson. It's true. No matter how good or bad things are going in our own lives, we never look bad making somebody else look good. We see it in sports all the time. If a struggling player, whether it be a superstar or role player, is in a slump, but we either see or hear of how they're helping a teammate, a leader, or the organization overall, it makes an impact and it's inspiring. This is also true in leadership and in business. If and when people are not having the best days or weeks, or even if an entire season is going south, yet they still help others, encourage other people, and they keep bringing it every single day. Over time, it's this mindset approach and overarching way of working, which ends up being an indispensable quality, which gives way to meaningful contributions to any relationship, team, or organization. It's true. We will have good days and bad days, good seasons and bad ones. We've talked about it on the, on this podcast, and I'm sure you all have lived this reality and truth every day like I do. The reality is we have to keep going forward despite the cards we're dealt. And whether we crush it on the project, the job, or the game at stake, either literally or figuratively. Perhaps there's no better illustration of this up and down peak and valley nature of life than the game of golf. We can draw some applications from golf, which we can put into play, so to speak, in our daily, weekly, monthly, or even annual grind in our lives at work and even at home. Golfers have to prepare relentlessly for every single match let alone each tournament and many season within the season. They can prepare for months, hours upon hours of practice, yet go out and shoot five over on Thursday and have to either climb out of the hole on Friday to give themselves a chance to play Saturday and Sunday and make some money, or they go home for the remainder of the weekend, missing the chance to make any money at all if they don't make the cut. The pressure is real, and everything from mindset to routine to performance can be the difference in making the cut or going home. It sounds eerily familiar to corporate America with the pressure to perform every single day. Today, we bring in PGA Tour caddy Matthew Olson to the program. We'll talk to him about his own story, how he's had to not only battle through adversity to make it on the tour, but now once in the groove of his new career transition into caddying, how he's able to survive the up and down nature of PGA Tour golf. We'll also ask him for insights into what goes on behind the scenes in big-time PGA Tour golf, how pro golfers prepare, what keeps them encouraged, and how they stay mentally tough through all the peaks and valleys tour life brings. Matt has been one of my best friends for about the past 20 years, 19 to be exact. We first met on a summer internship at Walt Disney World in 1999. We actually met on a double date. I had asked a girl out, and she said yes, but it was with conditions. We had to go out with one of her friends and some other guy who had also asked her friend out. That other guy was Matthew Glenn Olson. We've been friends, and we've been roommates for long stretches of time on four different occasions. And frankly, we keep each other up with encouragement despite no longer living together or, or even in the same state. After some tough and interesting seasons for both of us, I had to introduce Matt to this Ball Games to Boardrooms community. His story is encouraging, he's encouraging, and we've all set out to encourage people with stories, illustrations, and other people who want to lift others up. 
Enjoy the conversation, and I'll be sure to say bye to everyone before we close up the program. Well, welcome Matthew Glenn Olson to the Ball Games to Boardrooms podcast. How are we doing? Good. We're good. How you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Trying to work off the turkey from Thanksgiving. Just in time to go back home and do it all over again for Christmas. Yes, sir. So let's just jump right into it here. I gave a little preview so so folks have a little bit of an idea of who you are and sort of how we know each other. And for everybody that's listening, Matt and I are doing this via FaceTime. So if we get distracted, then you know why. Uh, but no, let's just start out with how how did you even end up on the PGA Tour as a caddy? If you would just share with our audience just how all this came to pass. Uh, how, it all, uh, how it all started is, I guess, roughly four years ago, I was uh, had a job, corporate America, working for an apparel uh, apparel manufacturer. And uh, I was living in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. And um, job was going great. Company was growing. I was, uh, I was as they say, I was killing it. And uh, abruptly, middle of the summer, I got let go. And kind of knocked the wind out of my sail and um, kept looking for jobs for the next about six, seven months. And uh, had an idea to go to the PGA show. It's in Orlando uh, about the middle of January and that following year. So I called up a buddy, got me a pass to go in there. I wanted to go hand out my resume to all the companies that were there. I figured that'd be a good way to network, and I knew some people there. Uh, one of my colleges I went to, I started out at, that I played golf at. They have a PGM program, and they had they had a booth there, so I wanted to meet the director there and see if he knew anyone and could put me in contact with. And while I was there, uh, one of my college buddies at Clemson University said he was going to be there with his, uh, his son and his family walking around that Friday of the show. I wanted to hang out, so I went and hung out with him, and uh, he plays on the PGA Tour. And uh, so we walked around all day, about roughly four or five hours. And at the end, something hit me to ask him what he was doing for a caddy that year. And he kind of looked at me and was like, are you serious? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm, you know, I've been trying to get a job the last seven months and just haven't been, just haven't had a chance. Uh, nothing has come up. And. He said, yeah, well, you've been networking around here. you probably get a job. I said, if anything, it'll take probably a couple months, you know, how companies work. And he's like, it's funny. I've been, my wife and I have been praying about it because I'm spending some time on the web this year and half the time on the PGA Tour. And he's like, I am looking for a caddy. And he's like, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a call uh, later this next week, uh, the following week. So this was on a Friday. And called me up on Monday. Uh, that next Wednesday, I was on the phone with a sports psychologist taking a uh, personality test to see if our personalities would match. He had a sports psychologist that he worked with. And then a week and a half after that, basically two weeks after I talked to him, I was on a flight to Bogota, Colombia for the first time. Huh. I don't know if I knew that's actually how that played out. Was that when Jenna and I saw you in Atlanta? Yes, we <laughs> I saw you in Atlanta. <laughs> That's true. We we took a selfie, you, me, and Jenna. And, uh, we did. I remember. 
Wow. I did not know you. So you're there without a job at the PGA Tour show, and you just took that swing, asked the question. Next thing you know, you're on a plane. Yeah, it, it just popped in my head to ask him. I'm like, you know, and, and kind of my someone, if someone would ask me what my dream job would be, it would be to play on the PGA Tour. Right. I mean, this is about as close as you could possibly become to being a player on the PGA Tour. Oh, I'd say so. So what's been your route or progression from then to now? So, for example, share with our audience just real quick, for whom have you caddied so far, and, and who are you with right now going into 2019? So I was with Jonathan for uh, a little over a year. We, um, as I said, the first season we were on the – Web Tour as well. I mean, he's a past champion on the PGA Tour. He's won five times on the PGA Tour, so he has past champion status. So we kind of bounced back and forth between tours and um, just learned a lot that first year. There's a lot, you know, as, as in any job, there's a learning curve. Um, obviously, you got to know the game of golf. Um, and we actually, we were in the Web Finals that, that the first year, and uh we're kind of, he was kind of struggling. Um, you know, golf is a big, it's a mental game. And going to the finals, there's four final events, just like the FedEx Cup playoffs. And we made the first cut. We missed the first, missed the next two uh, tournament, missed the cuts there. And things just, you know, just weren't going, just weren't going our way. But yeah, as in life, you just got to keep, keep plugging along, keep getting at it. And, uh, we ended up winning the tour championship the following week. Um, it's kind of a token to all his hard work he's put in all year long. And, um, you know, some people say, oh, it's good caddying. No, but yes and no. I mean, I was still doing my job to the best of my ability all year long. It just came to fruition that final week and things just clicked and we won, secured, you know, secured his PGA Tour card for the next year. So, um, and then from there, you know, the PGA Tour starts, the new season starts right away. So we, we jumped right into that, played basically the fall, the fall series, if you will, and it's, it's the beginning of the new season and, um, went well, made, made a couple cuts and then we have six weeks off until the next season starts and, um, again, out of the blue, calls me a couple days before Thanksgiving and says he's uh, he's going to get a new caddy for the beginning of the new season. So, again, kind of the wind was taken out of my sail. But, you know, I've told myself, you know, it's hard because Jonathan and I have been friends. And we're still friends. We've known each other for 20 years from college. And kind of was in shock for a little while. But uh, he put in a good word with another friend that I got to know the plays on tour, uh, Scott Langley. And a week after that, you know, after Thanksgiving, it was might, might've been a couple of weeks, Scott called me up and said, Hey, I talked to Jonathan and, uh, Scott offered me a position, you know, come caddy for him for the year. So, uh, yeah, I did that worked with him for beginning of the season First six events secured his, uh, PGA tour card. We were on the web tour, um, secured his card. And, uh, he said, well, I like to, he told me this kind of towards the beginning that he likes to switch up his caddies throughout the year. Um, so he was like, I called, uh, put in a good word with you with another guy, Mark Wilson, who's won 
good handful of times on the PGA Tour. And I caddied for Mark for the rest of the season and um, on the PGA Tour. But it just kind of shows you that throughout, you know, within the golf community, but it also applies to the business world, that you got to keep those relationships, you know. Um, another another fellow caddy that caddies for Webb Simpson, he Paul's story, he called me up after Jonathan let me go and said, hey, I know it stinks, but you got to take the high road. You never know what lead what leads will come of it. You said just stay professional, and um, so I kind of you know that's what I chose to do, and it it paid off. Um, and fast forward to where I'm at right now, you know, I was with Mark, and Mark's a he's a seasoned veteran, if you will, and he told me if any opportunity came up with a younger player to jump on it, because you know Mark's like I got three boys at home, I'd like to spend some time with them a little more time with them than as I would as I was younger. I don't want, I'm not going to focus as much on my golf career. And um, so, I, again, an opportunity came up. younger player by the name of Adam Wong called me up, and I had known him for a couple of years. I got to know him over you know, the last few years, just being friends, seeing him at the course. And uh, he pretty much had his card secured for this new season on the PGA Tour. And he called me up and said, hey, I'd like you to – like to to come caddy for me for this new season. Um, you know, we get along great off the course, and obviously, and we get along. We'll see how we get along on the course, and obviously, we're we're doing well. So, um, yeah, that kind of happened. We I jumped, started caddying for him at the end of the uh, the Web Tour Finals, and uh, and now we're now we're right in the mix. We're in the we just finished the fall for the new season on the PGA Tour. And uh, we'll get a little break here, and we'll start back up coming in January for the new season. That is so awesome how not only just those guys kind of coming in and, and offering you these opportunities, but the fact that fellow caddy, that, that fellow caddy friend that you have was kind of there to encourage you. And it sounds like the advice that he gave you was was good advice, and it worked out. So, so well done. Well, I'm, as you know, and all of our boys and all of our friends are super proud of you. So congratulations. And we look forward to following Adam Long for sure in 2019. Uh, so we have to know here. So have you ever messed anything up out there on the course as you're caddying? Like I figured if it were me and it was my first or second time out there, I would sure, for sure, screw something up. So give us a story of something you, you oh, screwed yeah. up. The uh, second tournament I, I was ever at. We were um, second tournament. We were in Panama, and uh, I forget what hole it was. Probably the first or second round. I was with Jonathan. This is the second tournament I've ever caddied at, so I'm still still learning. And I gave him the yardage. You know, I said like 130 front, 145 pin, and he hits the ball, and he looks at me, and he's like. I think that's I was I was basically ten yards off, and he's like, "You gave me one forty-five, right?" He's like, "I'm like, yeah." He's like, "I think it's one fifty-five." He goes, "Because I hit that one forty-five." We get up to the green, and sure enough, he's ten yards short of the pin. These guys are good; like they they know when they hit a ball. We get up there, and uh, so I'm like freaking out, like, "Oh, I messed up!" And luckily, he he makes par two putts for a par 
And uh, he looks at me, he goes, I saved you. It's like, gave me like, you know, joke in a joking manner, but it kind of, it's just one of those learning learning curves that you always got to double check your numbers and obviously be assertive when you're giving numbers, but uh, you gotta gotta be focused out there. That's, that's for sure. How do you prepare for that going in to each tournament? What's that look like for you as the caddy? As a caddy, usually... Uh, I have anxiety right now thinking about it, by the way. Mondays are uh, travel days, so caddies usually get there pretty early. Like, if, if we have a tournament, you know, tournament rounds are Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday. But we'll get there Mondays, and as soon as we land, we'll go straight to the course, and we'll walk the course. We get yardage books. We'll make sure all the the heads, like the, um, the heads around the course, are all marked properly. The distance is correct. We get our slopes up and down. Um, every read, hole. Every hole. Read the greens. I mean, we'll, we'll spend a good eight hours out there just walking the course, making sure, you know, looking at the greens, trying to read them. We put markings in our, in our yardage book, just basically preparing, doing prep work for the week. And, uh, and then Tuesdays and Wednesdays are essentially practice rounds, um, whether it be just going to play 18 and practicing or playing in the pro-am. Um, a lot of early mornings, uh, long days out there. You know, it's not just all uh, washing balls and cleaning clubs, as some people think. I mean, obviously, that's part of the job. And guys joke around, it's, well, we're an outdoor butler, but there's a, there's a lot more to it than, than just that. But obviously doing all that prep work, getting yardage, knowing the course, um, wind directions, and then just the whole psychology part of it is that's that's probably the, one of the bigger parts of caddying is knowing your player, knowing the weaknesses and strengths and um, knowing what to say, when to say it. Because um, we go through, you know, there'll be times you go through holes where you have a double bogey, double bogey, um, you kind of want to get out of that rut, get back in, get back in the groove. I mean, this past year I was caddying for a gentleman and a buddy of mine, Josh Teeter, and we were five under through seven holes and on the first round, and he ended up getting a quadruple bogey on the the eighth hole. And he looked at me and he's like, "Didn't see that coming." And I said, "Well, fella, how do you need an elephant?" He said, I do it. I said, one bite at a time. So let's go back and let's just start again. One shot at a time. We ended up shooting six under that round. So we got another, got another five birdies. So, and he, uh, he jokes around. I see him out on tour all the time now. I was a good buddy of mine. And he'll always make the elephant reference that, hey, just one bite at a time. So, I love that. You took it right there. I had that down as a question to ask you is, is what do you do? When these guys, you know, screw up, <laughs> when, when they when they start bogey bogey or like that guy, you know, gets a quadruple bogey and you just answered it. Literally, it's no different than anything else. It sounds like it's literally one one bite at a time. So how do these guys mentally prepare? Like talk about the golfers. How do, how do they mentally prepare for not only the tournament, but like. Because I went and I, I met up with you in Dallas when you were down there with Mark and it was the Byron Nelson. And I followed you around for 18 extremely hot holes. I got a sunburn through my shirt. 
But uh, it was just awesome to see you all kind of go from from hole to hole and really shot to shot. But walk us through what they're thinking about and how in the hell do they they go from hitting one in the woods one minute and then an absolute Sports Center highlight the next. Uh, th- these guys, these guys are good. I mean, they're they put so much work into the game. They're constantly practicing. You know, that day out at Byron Nelson, we. And we went, we were finished that Friday. We were in eleventh place or tenth place or something. And we went and practiced for two and a half hours, just chipping after the round. And there's a lot of things that people don't see, but like mentally, they know they're good. Um, a lot of them do work with sports psychologists, just because they get in that rut where you know it's like anything. You get you get frustrated with yourself. You get upset. You just gotta you just gotta get through it. And that's, you know, each player is different, different. I mean, their personalities are different. Some of them cope with it differently. Um, you know, another saying I, I tell my players is, you know, if you, there are like 86,400 seconds in a day. or And I relate to it. I tell them, if, well, you, if you have $86,400 and someone takes $50 from you, are you just going to – Say you know what you can have the rest of the money. I don't want it anymore. No, you're gonna you're gonna buy. That's my money. I want to keep it. So relate that to how many seconds are in a day. If you have fifty bad seconds in a day, one bad shot, don't let that ruin the rest of your round. Like you relate that to life too. Like you have a bad, you know, having a bad moment in your day. Don't let it ruin your life and it ruin your day. And it's it's just a uh, it's a mental grind out there, and that's why there's those guys. You'll see that some days, if you follow the PGA Tour, there'll be guys that are they'll have awesome months. You know, they'll have four or five weeks, so they're just playing awesome, and then they'll have a few weeks. It's just peaks and valleys, and you know, when you're playing well, you're playing well, and you just gotta know that it's a long season, and yeah, you're gonna have some. You're going to have some bad tournaments. You're going to have some awesome tournaments. But you just got to stick to the game plan and just just keep pressing on. That's so cool, man, how you're able to, like, literally, like, you, like my boy from back in the day, my, you know, we're, we're at the pool on the weekends, you know, having beverages, and then now you're giving, like, literally advice and encouragement to, to pro golfers. It's just so amazing. So – how much of like your own ups and downs and your own experience having to go through these, you know, cause I'm the same way, right? Everybody that's listening right now, we've got, you know, we've got a couple hundred people listening to this and many of them are our friends and others are friends of our friends and, and we're not too different, right? People, people have good seasons and bad seasons. And, and I mean, let's be real. I mean, I've been let go from a couple jobs. You've been let go from a couple jobs and there's people that are listening right now that, that maybe have been, or they're, they're worried about getting let go. So how much of your own experience having to kind of battle back personally gives you the confidence and sort of the, you know, the to, to, sort of the mojo, if you will, to go ahead and, and give that advice to those and to be, to your word, to be assertive about giving them that coaching and encouragement out there. Um, just, you, know, you always learn from your past and, you know, you learn the most from, mistakes and trials and tribulations and I have uh, I got good faith in the Lord and 
you know, I know he'll always be there for me. And I think it's in Second Corinthians, something about live by faith, um, not by sight. So, you know, walk by faith, live by faith. And it's kind of how I take life in general. And I've been let go of jobs. And I just, there's always, I always have that optimistic because, you will get through it. That's just, you can't, you can't let things beat you down to, you know, you have this one life, you just got to go for it. And, you know, as I said, when, when we won the tour championship, we were struggling. Not, not going to sugarcoat it. You know, we, we made, we made a cut and was kind of down in the dumps of next two turns. We missed the cut, like both cuts pretty bad. And, just to go and then win. I mean, that just shows you that you just never know. Like if you ask Jonathan, he'd be like, no, I didn't think I'd win the tournament. Obviously you got to have some type of positivity to go out there and play and have an idea that you will compete, but to actually win the tour championship, like that just shows you don't give up. You just never know. Like it's, so I keep that in the back of my mind too. And yeah. That's good stuff, man. It's so. What's it? What's it like when you get so? I'll I'll, I'll tell the uh, I'll tell the audience about about this. Pretty much, pretty much every tournament that you're in, um, the boys and I we have a, a text thread of about what 14, 13 or fourteen guys, and uh, when when Olsen's on the course, it's like sometimes it's me, sometimes it's one of the other guys. We'll we'll kick off the kick off the conversation about okay Olsen's three off the lead going into the turn or whatever and there'll be like 80 to 150 probably text messages following Olsen and how he finishes the round so I wanted to ask you like what's it like when you get off the course and you and you pick up your phone when you see all of that do you read every single thing we do or not yeah it's, I can't wait to read it it's <laughs> awesome I, I just want to see what I mean there's a lot of good banter going on but uh, especially when a round's going good, just to see the, I don't know, the positivity that's going on. It's, it's encouraging, you know, that your boys got your back and, you know, rounds go bad, they still got your back, you know. So, yeah, I, I read it word for word. That's awesome. Did you listen, oh. to, did you listen to oh. my, uh, when I was doing the voice recordings at the Dallas one, when I was there live? Yeah. You yeah. did? Yeah, play by play. I was like, uh, Bob Costas up in the up in the uh Yeah. I was like a cross between Jim Nance, Vaughn Linquist, and uh and then Steve Sands from the from inside the ropes. <laughs> uh, so what else keeps you encouraged week to week? Not only us as your boys, knowing you that we're on that text thread following you every step of the way. What else? Um just enjoyment of traveling, meeting people on tour. Uh, it's awesome. Obviously you get the you know, all you boys think I'm, I'm on vacation every week, I think. But, I mean, I do go to awesome places and get to see friends all around the country, which is pretty cool as well. Uh, and uh, doing what I love. I mean, I love golf. So it's a passion of mine. I enjoy it. I don't – it's work. It's, you know, it's obviously far different from my corporate world that I, I did. But I truly, I don't know. I don't. I've never woken up, woken up, got up in the morning and be like, "Oh, I gotta go to work." I've never felt that way in three years, which is 
kind of awesome. I get excited. Like, hey. And, and, awesome. it's good, and the bonus, the whole bonus is good exercise. Yeah, so, for sure. What do you do? What's what? How many steps do you do in a round? Um, it's roughly eight to nine miles. So I don't know. I don't I think it's like 20 something thousand steps. It equates to. That's awesome. But do that. You're going up and down hills and you have a 40, 50 pound, 40, 50 pound uh, bag on you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's good exercise. It keeps me in shape. Well, you've got the calves to pull it off. For those of you that, that haven't seen them, Matt Olson has quite possibly the largest calves of any human. Not oh, only to grace the golf course, but on the face of the earth. I, I got the best calves on tour. For you sure. do have the best calves on tour. So speaking of hospitality, and your, you mentioned your jobs, you know, prior to getting in, getting into the golf community and the PGA Tour, I was wondering – do you ever draw back on your experience from hospitality? I mean, we both kind of started at Disney on internships and having different roles. When I met you, you worked in food and beverage, uh, uh, then merchandise or, or one of the two. Then you were kind of like a leader at Epcot there for a minute. But I was wondering, do you, are you ever out on the course or are you on a plane or doing something? And you kind of think back to that random job or random experience earlier in your career, which, which may be has prepared you in some way for what you're doing today? Oh, most definitely. Every every job, I, I feel and believe every job that you've had and will have, they tie in together. Um, you know, previously I was a director of licensing and a private label for an apparel company in North Carolina. And there's no way I would have received, would have even had the opportunity to have that position had I not a worked at Disney, um, whether it's in food and beverage or ticketing, I mean, it's all customer service. Um, and then I worked for a, a um, promotional products retail company in the apparel and headwear and stuff like that. And all that, I mean, that was, that's, that was my resume that gave me the opportunity to take that licensing position, to have the opportunity. And, kind of I mean as I said that all that just things build up and they take you to that next level that next position I agree um, yeah I was thinking about it coming into this and I've been wanting to thanks by the way for blocking off this time I mean I've been wanting to do this with you for for a few months now since I started this podcast and very inconsistent podcast at that but but yeah, when you think about what you do every day, and especially when you're out there on the course, you're literally carrying another person's bag. Like that—that that really strikes a chord with me, being from hospitality and working in hotels, especially bell services. Um, and, I, and I just wrote a book called "Lead with Hospitality," and I can't wait to share that with everybody. But it's just like what you're doing is serving at a very at a very fundamental level. You're serving, you know, Adam Long. You know, you served. Mark Wilson, you served Jonathan Bird, and it just—it's just so neat to see you doing it out there. And and I know that you're out there, kind of thinking about, you know, this. You know, God is good, and God had a plan long before we knew what the plan was. And you know, He kind of taught you how to serve and taught you how to do hospitality, um, you know, a long a lot of years ago. And you're getting to kind of do that um, in your day to day today. And you know, speaking of back in the day. You know, do you ever think back, and, and are you ever inspired thinking about all those rounds of golf that you played with me in our twenties? 
Yes, that is. I think that's the corner. <laughs> that's the cornerstone of uh, how I approach each tournament each week. Is uh, back in the day playing over at uh, I don't even know what course, what municipal course that was. But <laughs> Name one. I don't even know. I was watching. Uh, I was watching Tiger and Phil yeah. with at my wife's house on Friday up there in Seattle, home for Thanksgiving, and. And one of them hit like a great like four iron shot, hit it, you know, you know, three feet from the pin or whatever. And I told him about the story of the one time, the one time I hit a four iron 175 yards onto the green over water at LBV, Lake Buena Vista Golf Course. And I told him, do you remember that or no? You yes. probably don't remember as much well as I do because it was the last four iron shot I hit and it was like 2006. But I remember sprinting, great golf etiquette. I sprinted from the fairway with my now, club in the air all the way to the green. Now you're, now you're jogging my memory. I know that, yeah. I remember we first started playing together. I was like, okay, so how do you hit a golf ball? And you were like, bro, there's, there's so many things that go into it. You just do. That's what I said, I think. So what advice would you give amateur golfers who might be listening if they're looking to improve their handicap? Oh, practice. Uh, um, practice. Putting is kind of the key. Short game. You're going to – majority of your shots are around the green. So that's uh, another thing that guys spend a lot of time on is putting and their short game. Chipping, sand trap. Um, I mean, as, as my grandpa – Said he said, you know, you drive for show and putt for dough, and that is so true. Exactly. Um, so, what's the most encouraging advice you've ever received? Most encouraging advice, probably from Webb Simpson's caddy, that you know, basically take the high road. Um, you got to almost think of yourself as a business. You know, I'm I'm representing myself. I'm representing my player, you know, you know, when, when I was talking with Jonathan, you know, you, you want, you want to be, you want to be the best person that you can be no matter what you're doing. Um, you know, caddying, you want to be consistent. You want to be, give it all every single day. And, you know, you can only control your outcome and just be you. And, you know, you never know what, you know, you look at my caddying career, you never know what's going to lead to what. And, and it pays off to, to be positive and be encouraging and, uh, you know, keep those friendships intact. Don't burn any bridges. And um, you just never know. That's great just, stuff. Yeah. Where are you right now? I am in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville. Yeah. What what brings you to Nashville? Well, I always uh, always wanted to live in Nashville, and uh, told myself in the off season I was going to move here. And uh, we have, we have we also have a mutual friend here that lives here, and uh, just also so happens there's a lady friend here. No so, lady friend. Whoa! And, uh, news flash! Breaking news! The sign that I need to definitely move here so well good for you she knows that now is charles elliott there or no charles is in japan charles is in japan that's a that's a whole different topic that, that should be a name of a book charles is in japan maybe Boy. so 
Maybe we'll have Charles Elliott Wicks on the podcast coming up. But so you left Jacksonville. So the day you left Jacksonville, Leonard Fournette gets suspended. Offensive coordinator for the Jags gets fired, and Blake Bortles gets demoted. So what's next? Lemon Bar is going to close. Pose all your all your literally, favorite restaurants. The day I moved here. Yeah, literally the day you left. Two days ago. So. Well, hey, I really appreciate you blocking out some time. I know you're busy. Got a lot to do today. Got to like take out the trash and go to Taco Bell again and probably cook dinner later. I got six weeks off, fella. <laughs> Enjoy your time off. And, and I really appreciate it. It's very encouraging stories that you have. And maybe we'll have you back on the podcast, maybe from the road, live from somewhere on the PGA Tour um, yeah. coming up in 2019. But I'll give you the last word here. Um, there's, there's, like I said, there's, you know, a couple hundred people listening and, and they listen to this for different reasons. Some for inspiration, some for motivation, some for entertainment, some to see how stupid I sound or that, that, you know, you sound talking about stuff, but, um, what, what last piece of encouragement would you give to, um, folks out there that are going through a rough season, just like you went through, um, a couple times right before you got on tour. And then even while you, since you've been on tour, not knowing, what your next gig is going to be share with us from, from sort of your past advice and encouragement you would give. We'll give you the last word. Uh, my, my encouraging words are to always believe in yourself. Um, do not, yes, you'll have some doubts, but don't, don't give up on yourself. Keep going after what you want. Um, maintain those friendships and, uh, just keep plugging along and you just, you just don't know, you know, for me personally, spent a lot of time in prayer. Uh, I believe in that. And, um, just, just give it your all because you just never, never know the outcome. And, um, yeah. And I appreciate you having me on, on today. And I look, look forward to a future, uh, future podcasts. Well, thanks, man. I mean, this this will have been the first podcast of the series that you will have listened to. So we appreciate you coming into the community. We're we're happy to have you. Have you ever read Ball Games to Boardrooms? By the way, I'm I'm, in, I'm starting it. Oh, he's starting it, ladies and gentlemen. We we, we appreciate that here at the uh, here at the studio. It's always nice when your best friends support your work. Speaking of encouragement, but no, thank you, brother. We appreciate it. And uh, and that's Matthew Glennells. Renaissance man. And I'll, I'll just add one thing here. You, I said I'd give you the last word, but I just can't help it. it. It goes back to just literally, you never look bad making somebody else look good. I mean, it's been just so inspiring to see you do this where you got let go. <laughs> you got let go from a job and then you went and you just put all of your heart, soul and effort and time and energy into somebody else. And that was Jonathan Bird. And then y'all had some success and then, and then he moved on and then you were, you were struggling for a minute, but I watched you and we talked and the boys rallied around you and, and you got, you got these couple looks from, from Langley and then, and then Mark, and then now, uh, now Adam Long. And it just, that does not happen unless every single step of the way you poured your heart and soul into Jonathan and Scott and Mark and then and then Adam Long saw that you didn't even have to interview right I was gonna say you don't know who's watching that's right or who's listening you know 
um, as, as it, the old saying goes, let, let your let your, act, your actions speak louder than words. That's it, man. That's it. Well, thanks a lot, dude. We'll stop recording here, and then um, I'll wrap up coming on the other side of the break. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Matthew Glenn Olson. He is one of my best friends um, over the course of the last 19 years. And uh, I'm sure as you can tell, um, great guy, unbelievable faith, you know, unbelievable spirit, um, and just so very encouraging, which is why I wanted to have him on. More people need to hear stories like that. And uh, just a few takeaways from from that conversation to kind of send you on your way into the week. Uh, into uh, further into this season that you're in. Uh, so I just wrote down a few things I took away from that, and, and maybe you did too. First and foremost is to have faith. Have faith in a higher power. We can't do this alone. And, and whether you believe in the same God I do, just believe in something, a higher power, and have faith in it because uh, we can't do this alone. The next one is just take swings. Go for it. If you've been thinking about something, if you've been – Uh, wondering if you should go one more step, if you will, or not. Just be you. Be vulnerable and go for it. And remember, like Matt is passionate about golf, just remember, if it's your own passion, you'll probably organically become successful at it. So just go for it. The next one is do your best. And that means maximize every second of every single day. Be the best person you can be. And as he said, just be you because you just never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. The next one is keep things in perspective. I thought that was awesome how he talked about even in the big bad PGA Tour, and we think it's all you know, millions of dollars and the glitz and the glamour, but at the end of the day, they got to go out and perform just like you and I, and they've got to make golf shots. And he talked about in this perspective, if you make one bad shot, realize there's 17 more holes on the course. Or, you know, there's, there's a whole lot more holes than that for the remainder of the tournament. So it's only one shot. So for us in life, if we have a bad shot, if we have a bad season, just remember it's only a season. Take it one day at a time and realize things in perspective. Look, I'm 39 years old. Maybe you're around that same age. And in many ways, we're just getting going. Like if you think about it, we're literally going to probably live as long or longer for some of us, as we've been alive already. So if you think about, for example, one little season here or one little season there, put it in perspective. Play the long game. You're not done. The next one is practice. I talk about it in the book, Ball Games to Boardrooms, Practice the Future Today. This idea that there's no such, t- no such thing as wasted time. Waiting time is not always wasted time. Because as Steve Jobs said in that famous Uh, commencement speech at Stanford, I think it was in 2005, is you can always connect the dots backwards to realize how you got where you are today. That should give all of us encouragement and all of us sort of hope that we can always be doing something today that we can, that can get us to that next step, which we can then look back and be glad that we worked so hard back then, because it truly did get us to where we are today. And the final one is, is kind of ending how I started is, you never look bad making somebody else look good. No matter how good or bad things are going today, keep being you and constantly aim to do the right thing. Because you really never know. 
You never know like Matt Olson. You never know that, that Adam Long was watching. Adam Long was listening when Matt Olson caddied for Jonathan Bird. And they literally won the Web.com Tour Championship. Months later, might have even been weeks later, Matt Olson was let go. Jonathan Bird moved on to another caddy. What if Matt Olson wasn't the same Matt Olson you just heard for 34 minutes? What if Matt Olson came out pissy? What if he didn't continue to serve people? What if he didn't continue to be this uplifting spirit that he is? He did that in a season full of doubt and uncertainty for himself. And look what happened. Adam Long reached out to him. He didn't even have to interview for this. Matthew Glenn Olson, one of my best friends, will be walking with a 45-pound bag on his back on the PGA Tour in 2019. Friends, if that's not encouraging, if that's not inspiring, I don't know what is. So uh, take that and hang on to that as you go into this week and further into this month. And thanks again to Matthew Glenn Olson. We appreciate you, fella. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we appreciate uh, all the feedback, all the notes of encouragement that you send um, every time we do one of these podcasts. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to the Ball Games to Boardrooms podcast. This is now available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Castbox, Overcasts, Pocket Casts and Radio Public. As always, feel free to share your thoughts with me and let me know what you think so far. Topics you'd like to hear more about, guests you'd like to hear on the show, and above all else, how and in what areas of your life, at work or at home, you or your team could use more encouragement. Feel free to email me at taylor at ballgamestoboardrooms.com or reach out via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I'm at tscott1502. This is a community of encouragement and all are welcome. If you've already subscribed to the podcast, great. Thank you so much. If you like it, please leave a review or simply share the link on your social media sites as we continue to grow the community, reach more and more people, offering up our encouragement. Thanks for listening.